Greetings and salutations, and welcome once again to the Capeless Crusaders live at the time from the digital safe house. I am your host, the Zorian One Anthony Steves, and I am joined by you. Just you. Yes, uh, I am once again going solo on this episode for you. The rest of the crew is on uh, individual missions, I know, uh, 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 spinoffs that could not uh, be avoided, and therefore they could not join me for this episode. So it's just me, your fearless Azorian one, you and I, just bringing in the new year together. You know, we're, 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 at, the, we're at the party, and it's, uh, it's just me, and uh, we're going to chat for, uh, for, for the new year, because you're listening to this on the first Monday of the new year 2022 is here it's arrived and uh with 2022 comes some amazing uh amazing uh, excuse me anticipated highly anticipated films that are hitting us from both Marvel and DC all that this year in the new 22 that's right episode 179 the new 22 see what we what it did there, it's a, the, the, the new 52, the new 20, 22. Anyway, it's a comic joke. It's funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is what we'll be discussing today in episode 179, talking about the upcoming highly anticipated comic book movies that will be hitting your multiplex and eventually streaming service throughout the year. Uh, but of course, as always, I've got to give you the usual rundown, which is that we, the Capeless Crusaders, are of course your number one, allegedly rumored to be, podcast for anything comic book related. And this episode is brought to you in part by the Nerd On Nation, powered by Patreon. The Nerd On Nation allows us to keep the lights on and up our quality. As a member of the Nerd On Nation, for as little as $1 to $5 a month, you get early access to episodes, a Discord community that's located on nerdon.tv slash Discord, bonus episodes, and so much more. Check it all out at nerdon.tv slash Patreon. And of course, for anything and everything related to the Capeless Crusaders and NerdOn, you can head on over to thecapelesscrusaders.com or nerdon.tv slash thecapelesscrusaders, your hub's for all things Crusaders. From there, you can find all our content as well as the rest of the Nerd On podcast family. That intro seems easier when it's just me by myself, right? It's weird. Weird how that is. Um, again, before I get into our topics, uh, thank you if you are a part of our other Patreon. Uh, if you are just simply a Capeless Crusader listener, you are now venturing with the Capeless Crusaders into what is going to be our eighth year, our eighth year as a podcast, just a few months away and here in 2022, and uh, just honored to continue to continue bringing this show to all of you who've been loyal fans, um, following us on social media, following us as we went from from just a, a few dudes around a table in an apartment to now being a part of the Nerdon Nation, being a part of uh, under the umbrella of Nerdon the podcast, it's been quite a ride. It's been quite a transition. It's been quite a few changes to this crew, but you are still a part of this crew, a part of the Campus Crusaders, and we thank you wholeheartedly for continuing to be 
members of the loyal K plus crew, and of course the nerd on nation. So again, thank you to all of you for continuing to be our loyal listeners. All right. Now, typically, of course, we usually would go into something called round the horn, but again, as I look around, yeah, I'm the only one here. I, it's, it's still, uh, yeah, it's still just me. I'm looking at a wall, looking at another wall and, uh, I'm looking at a mirror. So yeah, there's a, uh, there's not really a chance to do round the horn right now. Uh, I've continued to read the Hawkeye series that inspired the Disney plus series. And I'm also looking to get back into daredevil. Um, being that with recent news, I'll be talking about in that. Uh, and anyway, that actually leads as a good segue to our next segment, which is of course the news. So I uh, got two new stories here for you um one you've probably we've probably heard these two are probably well known but i wanted to go over them with all of you um first off spider-man no way home little little indie film you may have heard of may have uh, may have uh, come across the news that film just went or just went has actually broke one billion dollars one billion dollars in the global box office for Spider-Man No Way Home. It did that in just 12 days. Uh, only 2019's Avengers Endgame and 2018's Avengers Infinity War have reached that mark in less time. Those were five days and 11 days, respectively. So Spider-Man No Way Home does it in 12 days. Only the third Marvel MCU movie to make that much in that little time. One billion worldwide. And you know, it's... It's surprising and also not, you know, that the fact that this movie did this as we're still, you know, dealing with COVID, dealing with the pandemic and the issues we're having. And, you know, there were some modest numbers from other movies that came out, but nothing big. I mean, I think the only other big uh, film to have made that much, I think, was Bond. Um, Was was no, um, No Time to Die. Um, Black Widow also had made some decent cash at the box office but the fact that this one spider-man no way home making exactly 1.05 billion worldwide in 12 days is astounding um you kind of had the feeling was happening uh given the the press behind this movie the long rumors that were have been you know circulating for a couple years now um are these other Spider-Men going to appear? What cameos are we going to get? Um, how does this uh, set forth? How, how does this set the plan as we continue to delve further into phase four? And for the most part, everybody was pleasantly, um, everybody was pleased with what was delivered by Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, again, if you're listening, you've hopefully seen the movie because spoiler city here the fact that we did get toby Maguire and andrew garfield in this film and the epic conclusion that this film comes to in setting a new path for peter parker while also kind of living up to his comic book roots was just a work of comic book art it was a fantastically done and, uh, you know, it's exciting to see where we're going now with Peter. 
uh, given that not too many people know who he is. In fact, no one knows who he is. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go from here and what uh, adventures Mr. Parker has now. But again, an amazing feat committed by Spider-Man No Way Home, making $1 billion in the global box office in 12 days. That's quite, quite an impressive uh, footnote to this film. Um, so there's that. And secondly, we, of course, over the holiday season, we were introduced to the Hawkeye series, which was fantastic. Six episodes. So well done. Jeremy Renner, Haley Stanfield, fantastic together. And a reveal in, in this Hawkeye that ties to a reveal that was in Spider-Man No Way Home. It was fantastic because in one week, uh, we got two returns into the MCU. We, uh, so returns for the fans who, that are now being introduced into the MCU. First, on Hawkeye, we got to experience the return of Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin. You, you see a shot of him in episode five of Hawkeye. Of course, plays a big part in the finale, episode six of Hawkeye. And that was an excitement level on its own. Uh, we were, you know, so many of us have, you know, adored the Netflix Marvel shows. And one of those being D'Onofrio's performance as Wilson Fisk. It was, it was a work of fucking art on the Netflix series. And so to see him pop up in Hawkeye, to see Vincent, uh, you know, not skip a beat, you know, not, not, you know, didn't lose a step in his Wilson Fisk presentation. It was fantastic. Even to be wearing the suit and Hawaiian shirt that Fisk wears in the comic series, the fact that he's wearing that was just a beautiful thing to see. It was fantastic. Uh, of course, some changes here and there. Now that he's in the MCU. He's a little stronger, of course. Makes sense. He's going to be dealing with MCU guys. Um, but aside from that, it was just fantastic to see him, just to hear Vincent's voice as Fisk. Just delightful. And then, days later, at Spider-Man No Way Home, we get another Netflix Marvel character popping up. Someone Wilson Fisk butted heads with quite a bit. And that was, of course, Charlie Cox reprising his role as Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, in Spider-Man No Way Home. So, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's that's just, that's just beautiful for me. That, that's just gorgeous work. The I love Daredevil, okay? That Netflix series was astonishing. It was so well done. And like many of us, we've been waiting for three, four years. Has it been, has it been longer? 2018 yeah 2018 is when he ended so three years we've been nearly four years wondering are we gonna see charlie cox return as daredevil we got that little news bit of kevin over at marvel studios saying that you know yes when daredevil is seen in the mcu it will be charlie charlie cox playing him and so it's like okay you've said that but when do you plan on having him show up? Are you just messing with us? Are you doing a joke about him being blind? And when we see him, it'll be Charlie Cox. So, you know, it was like good news, but also like uh, how soon or is it true? And the fact that he pops up 
and Spider-Man No Way Home just just delivering bouquets of roses to to the Daredevil fan base with both Hawkeye and Spider-Man No Way Home. Both Wilson Fisk and Matt Murdock are now officially in the MCU. And that's fantastic news. Um, now we, we sit back and wait for Jessica Jones. We sit back and wait, wait for uh, Luke Cage. We, we wait for Frank Castle. You know, we, 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 we can, you know, we, we can discuss Danny ran, you know, um, you know, slightly hesitate there because, you know, when it comes to the other characters, Kristen Ritter, uh, Michael, Mike Coulter, John Nieberthal, John Bernthal, they were fantastic. They, 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 they were fantastic as Jessica, Luke, and Frank. Finn, Finn, Finn Jones as a, as Danny Rand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if you need to recast Iron Fist, please go right ahead. We're, we're, we're okay with that one, I think. Um, it just, he just, didn't didn't knock it out of the park the way the previously mentioned actors did with their characters. And when you see that little video on YouTube of comparing Finn Finn's Danny Rand fighting scenes in Iron Fist side by side with Simu Liu and his fighting scenes in Shang-Chi, you, you, you notice who did their homework who showed up for training Simu and who didn't and just collected a paycheck Finn. So, um, you know, bring back Kristen, bring back Mike, bring back John Bernthal. Absolutely. Bring, you know, we want them back as Jessica, Luke and Frank Castle, but you know, unless, unless Finn's got this newly aspire, you know, rejuvenated where he's going to show more commitment to be on a Shang-Chi level, I'm okay with, you know, recasting that character. That's fine in my book. But happy to see, of course, Wilson Fisk, Matt Murdock are being played by their original actors, Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox in the MCU. It's an exciting time now to see those two characters in the MCU. And I'm really hoping we get... Given what we now know happens with Peter Parker in No Way Home, it'd be fantastic to see an MCU run where we have Daredevil and Spider-Man teaming up like they did in the comics, you know, having more grounded storylines dealing with, you know, the corrupt and crime and, and, you know, just in the city. Just, you know, no more world saving, more grounded work and to have those two together would be fantastic i think so yeah so here's hoping to see we we get more of a a connection between daredevil and spider-man as we move forward in the mcu with those two and uh, i think it'll be exciting times it's going to be exciting now with those involved but yeah that brings up the end of our news segment just you know pure excitement over spidey and Hawkeye and Daredevil. And now we move forward because it's a new year. We've already popped the champagne. We've already had the bubbly. We've watched the ball drop. We may have kissed someone if we were next to anyone. If not, we're 
just at home watching it on TV. Maybe you watch it Eastern time at like nine o'clock here on the West Coast, 9 p.m. Maybe you watched Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen counting down. Whatever you did, it's now 2022. It's a new year. New year, new you, the new 22. And of course, being the podcast that we are, why not have a rundown of the big comic book movies that are coming out this year? Now, again, this is all as of the time of this recording. You know, many things can happen in the future. Some of these dates may get changed. Who knows what happens with COVID? I mean, new variants, things change. Things get assured or or switched around. Scheduling gets prolonged. Who knows? But what I'm giving you is what we know as of right now. And there are already 10, 10 big movies coming out this year from both Marvel and DC. And each one of these has a high level of excitement and expectations behind them. Especially if you're looking at Marvel with their phase four and DC with what they plan on doing, you know, post Snyder cut, um, what direction they're taking a lot of, a lot of high level anticipation happening this year with movies coming out. And I'm going to kick off. We're going to go chronologically from January to December. And first up is going to be Morbius with Jared Leto playing the Spider-Man character slash villain slash anti-hero slash who knows how they'll portray him. Who knows? Um, we got Jerry Little playing Morbius. That comes out January 28th. So that's going to be the kickoff right there. Right out the gate. End of January, you get Morbius possibly riding the wave of the Spider-Man hype. You know, um, maybe the No Way Home fan base, the No Way Home fire you know, kind of catches on to the Morbius train. Who knows? Um, will, will Venom pop up in Morbius? Will we see Tom Holland Spider-Man pop up in Morbius? That's going to be what a lot of people are thinking. You know, it'll be um, just a little over a month after No Way Home. So, you know, the the events of No Way Home could play a part in Morbius. The events of Venom 2 most likely will play a part in Morbius. But it's going to be interesting to see. And seeing Jared Leto... Uh, you know, make the jump from DC to Marvel. And, you know, that's that's one hell of a method actor you have portraying this character. I and mean, Jared Leto is a guy who, you know, puts his all into the characters he plays, whether you've seen Dallas Buyers Club, whether you've seen his Joker in, in the first, uh, in the David Ayer Suicide Squad, you know, Panic Room, Fight Club, what have you. Jared Leto is someone who puts his all into his characters. So it's going to be, Really cool to see him do this for Morbius on the Marvel side of things. And we'll see how that goes. And uh, after Morbius, we go we go a full February without Marvel or DC. So, you know, shortest month, there's that. But you don't get anything in February from either Marvel or DC. You don't get anything until March. And that's March 4th when we get the Batman. Yes, we get the Batman. Um, that is one that I am very excited for. The second I saw that trailer, it uh, it screamed David Fincher. The second I saw that first trailer, 
you could have told me David Fincher was doing a Batman movie and I'd believe you. I would believe you right there just seeing the way it was filmed. And the Dark Knight trilogy is known for being a darker take on Batman, but this one just looks like it even goes darker. Like even darker and grittier than what Christopher Nolan gave us. So I am really anticipating this one. Uh, Robert Pattinson, of course, playing Bruce Wayne, putting on the cowl. You know, and if there's anything I've learned from the past, it's don't critique a performance until you've seen the full thing. And I think we should all remember the way people acted when Heath Ledger was first cast as Joker. Everyone kept making references to 10 things they had about you or, or other movies he portrayed him. And it was, it was a, a moment where basically Heath Ledger shut everyone up and showed how amazing he was as Joker. And now his Joker is, you know, right up there with Jack Nicholson as the best Joker performances. So that, should teach all of us to don't critique until you've seen the full performance. There was a moment where Robert Pattinson had this interview in a magazine where he said he didn't feel like working out. And this is before I looked into the context of the interview when it was really more of what he was going through at the time of the pandemic, not that he was completely anti working out. And the first thing my brain is like, the first thing my brain says is like, well, dude, you're playing Batman you should be kind of built. I'm sorry. You, you, you shouldn't be a twig. And I, of course, jumped to a conclusion there. And having seen the more recent trailers of this movie, no, no, Robert Pattinson, he uh, he did hit the gym. No, he hit the gym, all right. He was there. That, that happened. He looks ripped in this latest trailer. And I'm excited for it. Uh, him portraying the bat... I'm excited for, for Zoe Kravitz as Lena Kyle. She looks fantastic. Andy Serkis as Alfred. Colin Farrell as Penguin? Are you kidding me? That just alone right there has me amazed. And Jeffrey Wright is a fantastic actor. So seeing him as James Gordon, John Turturro as, as Falcone. I mean, this, this lineup is outstanding. Matt Reeves writing and directing. I am thoroughly excited for the batman as you all know being a batman fan that i am um that comes out march 4th that has my uh, my excitement meter like off the chain so really excited for that one then uh, later on in the year may 6th dr strange in the multiverse of madness we get to see benedict cumberbatch come back as dr strange he's dealing with the multiverse the after effects of no way home uh, we've seen the latest trailer with Wanda in there. Elizabeth Olsen returning as Wanda. The two of them are in the multiverse. Man, just just everything looks insane in that trailer, as it should be when it's a Doctor Strange story. Um, we're, we, we get a hint that Doctor Strange is going to be fighting himself, it seems. An evil Doctor Strange with the long goatee going. Things got a little out of hand that line he delivers in that trailer whoa wow outstanding um so excited to see that one may 6th and then uh after dr strange is uh handles the the, the multiverse of madness uh, a few weeks later in the same month of may we go back to dc 
into the animated film area and we get DC League of Super Pets with, of course, my guy, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, voicing uh, (laughs) Superman's dog. And you've got Kevin Hart in there as well. John Krasinski is the Man of Steel. Um, you know, this this looks cute, cute for the kids. It looks fun. It looks uh, it looks like you know the Secret Life of Pets, but it's the DC pets. So it's didn't see this one coming, but not against it either because you know it's got DC, it's got my guy. I mean, you know, I'm gonna give it a watch. The boys, my boys will love it. My boys will enjoy it. It's Superheroes and animals and animated. They're all over that. Um, So that'll be out May 20th, uh, DC League of Super Pets. And then we get into July. We're in the middle of summer movie season, blockbuster season going around. And Marvel throws at us what? They throw at us Thor, Love, and Thunder on July 8th. Thor, Love, and Thunder. We get the reteaming of Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi directing and writing so you know it's going to be just outrageous fun as thor ragnarok was um from what we've seen in the photo behind the scenes shots uh it looks like chris hemsworth's thor is back in his peak physical conditioning um biceps are looking just outrageous (laughs) he's got his long hair back looking like an 80s rock band Looking like an 80s metal band he's got going, which, you know, if you look at the the title and the font they use, that's kind of what they're going for. Um, and also what we believe is the return of Natalie Portman, where she will be wielding the hammer at some point in this film, which will be, you know, straight comic book service right there. Uh, that's, that's anticipated. That's going to be exciting. Thor Ragnarok was, you know, Thor Ragnarok was outstanding. And easily one of, you know, the MCU's best. So to see that same teaming of Taika returning with Hemsworth and giving us what seems to be the same style, same flavor, um, new adventure, that one looks like it's going to be exciting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that one, of course. And back that, so that's July 8th, Thor, Love and Thunder, July 8th, few weeks later, back on the DC tip. What do we get? The long-awaited, long-overdue, the anti-hero, the man in black, Dwayne Johnson finally gracing the DC universe with his presence as Black Adam out July 29th. We finally get the character that has been a Shazam villain turned anti-hero, depending on the story you read. Uh, it seems like that's the route they're going with this movie where he'll be more of an anti-hero instead of a villain. Um, but he's, he's got an edge to him. He's, he's got a dark edge to him. And, you know, we've been waiting for this for many years. I want to say it was back in like, I don't know. Let's see. Man of Steel came out in 2013. And I want to say it was like a year or two after that where it was announced that Dwayne Johnson was going to be Black Adam. And we've been waiting since then. And, and I, it, it all goes back to that Instagram photo I brought up where it's, you know, it's, it's Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Henry Cavill sharing a glass of tequila in what looks like is Hawaii. And 
I think it was, you know, right there, it felt like there was a plan already in progress because it was like around that time where Henry Cavill jumped from his agency to go under Danny Garcia's agency, Danny Garcia being Dwayne The Rock Johnson's ex-wife slash manager, who is a representative who now represents Henry Cavill. Um, it feels like they were like back then they were already starting to get the wheels turning to where we keep Henry as Superman and Dwayne's going to be black Adam. They're going to meet down the road. seems like that's always been the plan. It's taken a while to get black Adam, uh, on the big screen. We've seen Henry Cavill as Superman. Now was it one, two, four times. If you're counting, if you're counting both the justice league and Snyder cut, um, so I would love to see Henry Cavill stay as Kal-El because I like his Superman. I really do. And now that we finally have a Black Adam movie coming out July 29th, um, it would be nice to see that that, that tequila, tequila, the two shared in a sunset in Hawaii, lead to something on screen. So here's hoping that this is the beginning of that. Again, Black Adam. Not much out about the story yet. We've only seen, you know, glimpses. We've seen the full reveal of of Dwayne's entire Black Adam costume, that bullets cannot stop him, that he can, you know, just fry a body on the spot. Um, but nothing story-wise yet. So it's going to be uh, an exciting few weeks leading up to July 29th. And we finally are graced with Black Adam on the big screen in the DC Universe as he says, the 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 power and hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change now. You know, here's hoping it does, because I'm, you know, aside from being, you know, rock fanboy number one, I'm excited to see the Black Adam character show up and, you know, shake shit up and, you know, make Shazam, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe make Shazam, you know, leave a puddle under his feet because he's so scared. You heard me. That's what I said. And I'm not taking it back. Anyway, Black Adam, July 29th. And then it seems we get quite of a like a two month break from the superhero films. Okay, so after Black Adam, July 29th, nothing in August, nothing in September. So you get those two months to you know, you know, take a moment, take a breather, you know, think about all the comic book excitement you've watched in the first half of the year. Um, are you still breathing? Check your pulse. Uh, have you enjoyed it? Have you enjoyed the movies that came before? Which one's not so much, um, you know, maybe watch something that isn't a superhero movie just to kind of, you know, cleanse the palate. Maybe watch a drama, you know, maybe binge a series on Netflix, what have you. And then prepare yourself because then right in October, in that first week, October 7th, we get Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. That's right. We're going back with Miles Morales, rightfully so. We finally get a sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We get the Miles Morales story again. We got a teaser trailer, I think, in November, which just, you know, it just warmed your heart. You know, it pretty much, it pretty much looks like it picks up where it left off. Miles is, on, is laying on his bed, and Gwen pops up through, uh, through the porter. Through the porter? What's a porter? That's a beer. That's its type of beer, Anthony. Calm down. Through a portal and uh, returns to his universe. And just the uh, 
there's just something about the Miles Morales Gwen Stacy relationship in the Spider Verse cartoon and the Spider Verse animated film that is just heartwarming and like sweet and nice. And it's looks like they're going to keep that going with this one. And again, we have no idea as of the time of this recording what the storyline is going to be in Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Uh, the fact that they're saying Part 1 pretty much leads us to believe that this is going to leave us hanging. That we're going to be left, you know, hanging at, at the end of this, waiting for Part 2, which will probably come out a year after that. So... Just warning everyone, you're probably going to be left going, oh, at the end of this one. But it is nice to see a sequel finally come out for Across the Spider-Verse, for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Continuing Miles Morales, my youngest will be. He is thoroughly excited because I showed him the teaser and he was hoping it was already available. And I told him, no, it comes out next year and he does not understand why they would tease us with that. And I said, son, that's that's what a teaser is. And he's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, I know, you're only five. I understand. So eventually he'll understand what teasers, do, why they do that. But Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 2, part, excuse me, Part 1, coming out October 7th, just in time for you to get your Halloween costumes ready. Uh, my youngest has been Miles Morales once before. He might want to be him again after seeing this movie. Uh, so, so excited for that. Excited to see Miles Morales back. Then we go a month later, November 4th. Been waiting for this. It does seem like going back and forth with the Marvel DC movies. It goes Marvel goes DC. It goes Marvel goes DC. It goes Marvel goes DC. This happens again. We go from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, which is Marvel Sony, right back into DC with what has been a highly anticipated uh, film to come out, The Flash. We get The Flash. Uh, we've had a teaser for this movie with Ezra Miller and the voice of one Michael Keaton. What seems to be, as we've now been told, he is portraying his Batman from the 1989 and 1992 films he was in. And it just, it, it just, it's, it just sent the goosebumps you know, the shivers up the spine, goosebumps on the skin. Michael Keaton returning as his Bruce Wayne. And from when we can see in the cast, Ben Affleck is also slated to be in this movie as his Bruce Wayne. So we get Ezra Miller returning as Barry Allen. We get Ben Affleck returning as his Batman. We get Michael Keaton returning as his Batman. And... And Michael Shannon, who played Zod, he is in the credits for The Flash. So this is going to be really interesting. Um, Ron Livingston is slated to play Henry Allen. Now, Ron Livingston did not play Henry Allen in in Justice League. You know, he was played by uh, Bi- uh, Billy Cudrup. So there's a change there. Now, is that a Flashpoint change or... Is that a character who, who character change? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but the fact that they're introduced that they're gonna be featuring those two Batmen, you know we're dealing with a time, you know we're dealing with Flashpoint, you know we're dealing with an alternate timeline. And th- you know, this could be the movie that you know 
sets DC on the path that they're going to be taking from here on out? Does does the Flash movie, you know, change from the Snyder timeline to the new timeline that we're going to get from now on from Warner Brothers? Does it correct certain things that occurred during Snyder Cut, but keeps Snyder's vision for the future going? Like, like this is where we're going to be. This is what we're all going to be thinking about this entire year until the flash comes out. And then we'll know where Warner brothers is going with their DC universe from that day forward. Once the flash hits theaters and that's a half of the anticipation behind this film. Um, you know, Ezra Miller, I thought was great as flash. He was, you know, vindicated his character was completely vindicated with snyder cut they they gave the flash a greater arc much more emotional arc and made him the hero in the end instead of him just putting a family in a in a you know in a car and pushing it away he saves the world in the end so they you know snyder cut definitely made the flash's um impact in the dc universe much greater much more important. And we're getting more of that with his own movie on November 4th. And we'll see what the future of DC is after that. We'll know what, where we're going. Well, we should know. <laughs> Hopefully we know where we're going once that movie comes out, but it seems like that's going to be the plan. And uh, yeah, that's, it'll be nice to know. It'll be nice to see where, we're, where we're headed after that film comes out. So the flash November 4th, then a week later, what'd I say? Now back to Marvel. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, coming up November 11th. Now this has been one that's been heavy to talk about because you're dealing with, you know, a, a, a franchise started by Chadwick Boseman and his amazing performance as King T'Challa. Uh, he, he, you know, appeared in four films, four MCU films as T'Challa, a.k.a. Black Panther. Civil War, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame. And for those brief moments that we had Chadwick Boseman, he delivered beautifully. And shortly after his passing, it was announced that Marvel would not be recasting T'Challa. That uh, any future Black Panther movies would feature someone else at the helm of Black Panther and not recasting him. And for a while... That seemed like the way to go. And it was greenlit that Ryan Coogler and, and, and Marvel Studios were going to be creating a, a series that eventually turned into a movie called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And it would feature a story in Wakanda that did not quite focus on Black Panther, as far as we know. And there's been lots of rumors circulating that, you know, now there'll be someone else who takes the Black Panther mantle. From T'Challa, uh, there were rumors that it was going to be Shuri living up to what happens in the comics where T'Challa's sister, Shuri, takes the mantle of Black Panther. Don't know if they're going that direction in the MCU. Also, don't know if they will be doing that with the actress who plays Shuri due to certain issues regarding her stance on vaccinations and COVID-19. So who knows if they're going that route. There's been talk of M'Baku being the next in line to be Black Panther. 
and all that was going on. And then recently, you know, with a couple months ago, it started being reported that Chadwick Boseman's brother would not have wanted the T'Challa character to die with him. That Chadwick was the type of guy who would have wanted the character to, to, to continue on if he couldn't play the character. And that has also fueled a number of you know online petitions now where there are fans who are saying, look, we love Chadwick. Chadwick will always be remembered for his performance as Black Panther, for his performance as T'Challa. But he would not have wanted T'Challa to die with him. He would want the character to the character T'Challa to continue on in the MCU, portrayed by someone else. So now we're, you know, now it's you know tilting the other way. When it was early on when he had passed away, everyone was on one side of this. Now as time has gone on, it's like kind of switched to, oh now this isn't the type of guy Chadwick was. He would have wanted this good character to continue without him. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens after Wakanda Forever. Like, do we do we even mention T'Challa? Does the MCU change their mind and actually cast someone else to play T'Challa, you know, as per Chadwick's wishes, according to his brother? You know, who knows? I mean, I love, me personally, I love Chadwick Boseman. I've enjoyed his work both in the MCU and outside of the MCU. Um, The man was an incredible artist, incredible talent, taken way too soon. But I do agree that he was the type who would not have wanted the character of T'Challa to just die with him. Like he would have wanted someone else to continue on as T'Challa. And there's so many great stories in the comics that feature T'Challa that have not been told, that should be told in the MCU. There's some great adventures going on there. And added on to that, the fact that you're kind of taking away a a strong black male character from this, you know, from this universe. Yes, we have Anthony Mackie's Sam Wilson, who's now Captain America. Yes, we have Mike Coulter's Luke Cage, who could come back. You're taking away a king, a king that is T'Challa from this universe. And yes, you can say, well, there's many other black characters you can bring in. Yes, bring them in. And allow T'Challa to continue on as well. Why not have them all together? There's some positive inspiration there that's going to hit some kids that they would love you know, that these kids, little black kids would love to see, to see this representation. And why remove one? Especially when it's believed the actor would not have wanted that to happen. There's my brief soapbox on that topic there. So, and I say this with my Chadwick Boseman T'Challa Funko Pop looking at me. You know, so it's uh, it's touchy. It's um, a lot of emotions behind it. Because of how great of an impact the film Black Panther had on not just the MCU, but so many people worldwide. It's tough not to uh, not to want to keep T'Challa around with the right talent behind it. So who knows where that goes. But anyways, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which we don't have a story on yet, comes out November 11th. And we'll see how the treatment is done there. And finally... One month later, once again, jumping from Marvel now to DC on December 16th, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't matter what your preference is, Jason Momoa will be soaking wet again as he reprises his role 
as Aquaman in Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. That comes out December 16th. Um, closing out the year with the King of Atlantis in his second installment in his franchise. Um, you know, it's you can't not like Jason Momoa. First off, the guy's the guy's just fun. Whether he's acting in a film or uh, doing an interview or what have you, it's just Jason Momoa. The guy, the guy's the guy's just cool. You know, he's he's fantastic, and he finally gets his second film. Uh, the storyline is unknown as we speak. Do we know if his story connects to the Flash's predicament in his film? We don't know. I have no idea. Nothing yet. We'll see what happens. Uh, You're hearing my cat meow in the background, which is always a nice thing to hear in a podcast, right? Just to hear a cat meowing in the background. I'm sure it's just great. It's just great because I have the door closed and won't let him in. That's why. That means I should be wrapping up shortly. So, yes, the year ends with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on December 16th. That is your rundown of the, did I count that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, of your 10 big comic book films hitting your multiplex in the new 22, the year 2022. So uh, start making your plans, you know, buy your tickets, get your friends, get your buddies, get your pals, get your wife, get your girlfriend, get your boyfriend, get your you know, significant other, whatever, get your, you know, you, someone you just met on the street that you strike up a conversation with over coffee. Go watch these movies together. Take in the excitement that is going to be in theaters in 2022 from our favorite comic book characters, whether you're a Marvel person or a DC person, whether you're all about the, the Russos or all about the Snyders, what have you. Just enjoy what's going to be in your theaters. In 2022, show some love to these comic movies that are here to entertain you and give you the grand universe universes that we all enjoy from page to screen. So hope you've enjoyed this rundown. Hope you've enjoyed hearing me rambling on and on by myself without my cohorts, my cohorts being the great Dr. D David Barry, uh, Amy and Manderson who are out on special assignments. I thank you all for listening. Again, if you've enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes and you haven't done so yet, please like, subscribe, and review this show on your favorite podcast app. The ones that allow you to do it, most likely it's Apple, but whatever podcast you listen to that allows you to like and subscribe and review, please do so for us. Leave us a lovely review. If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't leave a review, but please like and subscribe. Why not? Just, just, you know, out of the kindness of your heart. Sure, the holiday season is over, but you can still be holly jolly and help us out, right? No? I mean, come on. It's, 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 just be nice. Okay? Just be nice. Uh, again, thank you all for listening as we approach the eighth year of the Capeless Crusaders. Thank you all so much for always being here. Thank you so much for following on social media. Thank you so much for enjoying us, for conversing with us. All of the above, again, it is much appreciated. So on behalf of the rest of the Capeless Crusaders and the Nerdon Nation, I am the Azorian one, Anthony Steves, telling you to have a good night. <laughs>